Christmas season is all about. The greatest gift ever given to us is Jesus. And that's what we're talking about. We're going through these stories here, the Christmas stories. And last, last week, I hope I didn't, um, that people have been talking about it a little bit this week. Man, you just tore apart, tore apart the wise men, man. You just tore it up, tore up my whole uh, understanding of it. That's a good thing. Because really, uh, I love the stories, and I'm not going to change any plays that we do. When we do plays, there will probably be three wise men and then all those things. I don't have a problem with any of that. But we need to know the truth, amen, or at least have an understanding of what the Word of God says. Praise God. So Johnny, I was telling you about Johnny. We'll change his name to Ronnie. How's that? My mom can call me that. Nobody else in this room should call me Ronnie, okay? I know. I just started something, I'm sure. I'm sure. So... But anyway, he was writing a, 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 a letter to God instead of Santa. He was writing a letter to God about the, the presents that he really wanted for Christmas this year. And he wrote down, God, I have been good for six months. And he stopped, and he, he crossed it out, and he wrote, three months. And he paused again, and, and he said, okay, two weeks. And then he just got really still and really quiet, and he crossed that out, and he got up, and he went over to where the nativity scene is, and he picked up the figurine of Mary, and he came back to his letter. He said, God, if you ever want to see your mother again, (laughs) way to go, Johnny. (laughs) So today's sermon, I titled it, Mary, Did You Know? And it's a beautiful song, and the worship team did a great job with it this morning, and I've heard so many renditions. As a matter of fact, the first time I ever heard that song, I thought, oh my gosh, what an amazing song. Then I found out that Mark Lowry, how do you say Lowry, the comedian, wrote it, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and his version is phenomenal, and it's like, wow, okay, so God can use clowns like me, right? Clowns like Mark and clowns like Johnny, sorry, bud. Which, by the way, if anyone's looking for work, let Johnny know. He has uh, access to getting jobs for men. So uh, let Johnny know if, you're, if you need a job, and he'd be happy. Johnny, raise your hand. Show him who you are. So. so you're not looking for work. <laughs> I have enough of it myself. But this song, this song asks a question that I want to answer right out, the, right out the gate this morning. No, Mary didn't know. Mary didn't know. She knew she was giving birth to the Messiah, but she she didn't have any way of really knowing what that really meant. She didn't know all the details of what would unfold in the life of her son, Jesus. She just knew she was giving birth to to the Messiah. She had probably read the prophecies out of Isaiah and the other Old Testament prophecies, and she knew that he would give sight to the blind that he would heal the sick, and that he would set the captives free. Amen. Can I get a witness? Anybody been set free by the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. But no, she probably didn't know that he would walk on water, that he would feed 5,000 families more than once with the original Happy Meal. She didn't know that he would raise the dead and be the hope the entire world. She didn't know that he would be crucified in front of her, and she didn't know that he would rise from the dead three days later victorious over the grave. 
All the things we've been speaking to you today about, about your depression, about your loneliness, about your anxiety. Jesus took care of that business 2,000 years ago. He took care of your sin problem. He took care of your anxiety problems. He took care of all the problems that you face. He walked through everything. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he, he bore our sin. No, Jesus never inhaled marijuana. I did. He never found himself staggering drunk in a bar. Johnny did. <laughs> Brother, you're in the seat of illustration today. I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know. We both did. But. but when he went to the cross, he became an alcoholic for me, a drug addict for me, a you-fill-in-the-blank for you. He became all things. He took on all of our sin. And, you know, I really truly believe that what hurt more than the lashings that he took and the nails in the hands and the feet to be hung on the cross was the weight of the sin of humanity on him that day. That's our Savior. That's who, that's who Mary gave birth to. There's no way she could have known all that was going to happen in the life of Jesus. There's just no way. So the question isn't really what did Mary know or what didn't Mary know. The question is, What do we do with it now that we do know? Good answer. How do we respond to Jesus knowing what we know? He gave us a whole book to tell us exactly the things that we have been ministering over to you already this morning. Everything that I have told you is in here. That those things in your life, they're canceled. Stop picking them back up man and woman of God. They don't belong to you. Why do you feel so heavy? Because you're carrying stuff that you're not supposed to be carrying. So, So how do we respond to Jesus? And how we respond to Jesus is the most important decision we'll ever make. It carries us through from now all through eternity. From the very second today. From every breathing moment, His grace is sufficient for us. As the mother of Jesus, Mary knew better than any other woman. Mary is better known than any other woman in the history of the world. Before I say, people talk about Mother Mary. I knew who that was. I put her in my pocket because I was writing God a letter. Actually... My daughter did steal baby Jesus. I know, who did she steal? Baby Jesus, yeah. We were vis- visiting my aunt one time at Christmas, and my aunt had a nativity scene up, and we got home and later on found the baby Jesus in, my, in Ashland's stuff. Hey, man, let's get Mary, get right to the point, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> she still has him, amen? Everybody's heard of Mary, but what was her life like? Who was she really, and how can we find our story tied up in her story since we're talking about Christmas stories this season? Let's start this morning, and and really all that's in your handbook there or in your bulletin is uh, a story, right? Mary's situation. Let's talk about Mary's situation. Listen, Mary didn't didn't just have a little lamb. She had a situation, a situation. She had a situation. Luke chapter 1, 
verse 26 and 27 says this. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. We don't really have a lot of background information about Mary. There's not a lot of information given about her before she comes onto the scene to give birth to Jesus Christ. But there are a few things that we can learn right out the gate. Number one is Mary's from Nazareth, which means she probably wasn't very well-to-do. It means she probably had very humble beginnings like many of us. She probably didn't grow up around wealth. She probably grew up more so around poverty. Matter of fact, Nazareth is known for its bars and red light district. If you don't know what the red light district is, go with me down to Lowe's and I'll show you. Some of you know what I'm talking about because something came out of my mouth a few weeks ago that I was like, did I really say that? I, I often go home and ask my wife, did I really say that out loud? She says, yeah, yeah, you did. Mary was pledged to be married, and she was still a virgin. And many believe she was probably only about 15 or 16 years old, but that she came from a godly family. So Mary was living a simple, small-town, secluded life when suddenly everything changed. Can anybody identify with that yet? Kind of minding your own business, doing things your own way. It wasn't working very well for us, was it? She was shoved from the shadows to center stage in a moment because of this conversation with an angel in Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I love that. I I was approached yesterday in the parking lot. Someone said, I saw your license plate. I'm God's favorite then you can't come to my church. <laughs> no, they're from California anyway, so. Everybody at my church knows I'm God's favorite, right? And I told her the same thing I tell everybody. We're all God's favorite. I just choose to walk in it. I choose to claim it. I choose to put it on my license plate. I choose to make my identity about being God's favorite. So look at verse 31 in this text. It says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. So suddenly, God pulls the rug out from Mary's quiet little life. And I'll tell you, when God showed up in my life and pulled the rug out from underneath me, it hasn't looked the same. The plans that I had for my life all of a sudden became God's plans for my life. And it began to look a lot different. Was this good news to Mary? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is good news. This, that's the gospel is the good news. Jesus is the good news. Amen. Was it terrible news? Absolutely. Can you imagine being in, in Mary's shoes? How is she going to explain this to her parents? She's pregnant. Some parents in this room have had that conversation with their children. Some of you had this conversation with your parents. The difference is, there's a difference here. She was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. 
We're not going to go there. We'll leave that alone. Keeping this G-rated today, okay? Come back tonight for more of a PG, if you will. Just kidding. How is she going to explain it to Joseph? Her fiancé in, in modern time. I mean, who's going to believe her? Yeah, right, Mary. <laughs> God made you pregnant. Joseph didn't believe her. Matter of fact, he was ready to write her off and send her packing till an angel visited him as well. And Mary's packs, at parents, they actually packed her up and sent her off to her cousin's house. Anybody ever? I've been sent to my cousin's house before. <laughs> I ain't lying. Not because I was pregnant, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> Some of you are wondering. <laughs> no, that's just good food. Thank you very much. So here's, here's Mary, okay? She's 15 years old. She's pregnant. She's unmarried. Can you imagine what it would be like for her in her hometown? None of us have probably ever been in Mary's shoes, but I'm sure that we can relate to difficult situations. Remember, we're talking about Mary's situation here, and we're trying to identify with her story and our own personal stories. Maybe you found yourself in a situation that resulted in broken relationships, or maybe you found yourself in situations that, that tarnished your reputation. Maybe you found yourself in situations that you felt like there was no way of escaping, no way of moving beyond. Maybe you're in that situation right now. And you feel like there's just no way that I can move from here to there. Mary felt like that. And God is the author of change. He's the author of fixing stuff. He's the master fixer-upper. Listen, if he could take a guy like me, and many of you know my story because I'm not ashamed to tell it, he could take a guy like me and do something useful with my life. He could do it for anybody. Amen. I say I'm God's favorite, but God's not a respecter of persons. What God has done in my life, he'll do for you. He loves you. Quiet in here. Maybe there's been a time in your life where you had a story that no one else would believe. Maybe you've been wrongly accused. Maybe you've been unjustifiably hurt or damaged or wronged. Jaded, good word. God fixes that stuff in our life. Listen, despite all the problems, Mary handled everything with grace and maturity. She didn't see it as God's punishment, but she saw it as God's blessing. And she even wrote a song about it, which is the second point I want to talk to you today about. It's Mary's song. Mary accepted everything the angel had told her. And then she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth, as I already told you. Now, Elizabeth and her husband... Zechariah were also expecting a baby who God told them would be the forerunner, right? Would, would prepare the way for the coming king. Pretty cool. 
Elizabeth's pregnancy was no less a miracle than Mary's in that she was old and she hadn't had any kids up to now. Now she finds herself pregnant. Who better to talk to about her situation than than her cousin Elizabeth who's going through a very similar situation? Listen, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through today, but can I tell you this? God wants to use your pain to be somebody else's gain. You hear the phrase, no pain, no gain? It works in your life, but I believe it also works in the lives of others around you. Whatever it is you've walked through in your life, whatever challenges that you face, whatever it is you're currently walking through, if you can get the mindset, the perspective that, you know what, God one day wants to use this so that I can help others. Am I losing you guys? It's hard, it's hard to hear that when you're in the middle of a trial. I understand that. I've been there, and I've tried to talk to myself. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. God's going to use this. And it doesn't feel like it right in the middle of it, does it? I understand that. But it doesn't change the truth. The truth's not based on how you feel. The truth is based on God's Word. And God's Word tells me that He'll work all, all things for the good of those who are called according to His purposes. Guess what? You're an on purpose. You're not an accident. You're an on purpose. You are God's purpose. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. So as soon as Mary walked through the door, Elizabeth throws her arms around her and gives her a big old bear hug. And she tells her this. Look at Luke 1.42. It says, Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Verse 45, she says, Blessed is... She who believes, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Listen, your pain may just be the fulfillment of God's promise over your life. What you're walking through today may just be part of God's plan to get you from, you prayed this prayer, remember we talked about this last week, God used me. You better be careful when you start praying that. Because God's plan isn't exactly what your plan is for your life. And when you say, God, use me, you're saying, God, use me for your purpose and your plan. And God says, okay, I'm going to make you into the man or woman that I've called you to be. And that is not always the most comfortable place to be. Anybody ever lay on the spiritual cutting board? I hope you never get off it. I've been here, I've been doing this 20 years. I stay on that cutting board because there's stuff God's still cutting out of my personality out of my character. I know, I know, I know. I still have flaws. (laughs) Couldn't we all use an Elizabeth in our life? Someone to come alongside us during difficult times? Listen, that's what the church is. That's who we are. That's what we're supposed to do for each other is come alongside each other. Why do people treat church like it's my Sunday morning thing? And there's no relationship. There's no bonding. Listen, there should be unity in the house of God. This should be a safe place for you to come and and cry and laugh and and wear your pajamas. Was that for pajamas? You wore pajamas to church before. I've seen you. Footy, footy pajamas, nonetheless. I want me some, though. What about someone to remind us that we are blessed and that God has a plan for our life? We need people like that. 
I bet those three months that Mary spent with Elizabeth were priceless. And while she was there, as, as I told you a minute ago, she wrote this song. Why don't you turn to Luke 1, chapter 46. Excuse me, chapter 1, verse 46. I know what I said. I know what I meant to say. I'm turning there because I only had the, the media team put up four verses, but I just want to read the whole song to you. Verses 46, we're going to read through 56. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Now, I'm not going to sing this to you. You should be thanking the Lord right now for that. Mike, would you help me with that? <laughs> for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation, for he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to your fathers, to Abraham and to the seed forever, and Mary remained with her three months and returned to her house. Despite the pain and the, the circumstances that or the situation that Mary was in, Mary not only accepted it, but she embraced God's plan for her life. Here's where I see the disconnect in a, in a lot of people who come to the house of God. They've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they want him. They want eternal life, but they haven't, they haven't embraced God's plan for their life. And we wonder why we feel like we're still lost, why we're still struggling, why, 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 why the ends never seem to meet, why, why we can't seem to, to make any headway in our walk, in our life. And it's, it's because there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect from your heart and God's plan for your life. See, Mary said, you know, I'll, I'll do this. Whatever happens, I'm, I'm a 15-year-old pregnant girl, and my husband's not believing me. <laughs> my parents sent me to my cousins. I don't know what that means for sure. We all know the story, right? Most of us know the story. It all works out for good, trust me. Parents accept her, and Joseph marries her, and all these things, good things happen. So it has a great story. But we're trying to identify with our lives right now and, and where there might be a disconnect in what's going on with us. So many of us come so far in the Lord, and then we just stop. That's it. I'll give you this much, Lord. The rest of it belongs to me. And the Lord says, no, it's all mine. It's all mine. I'll give you what you need, and I'll give you what I want to give you. As a matter of fact, when you give it all to him, I have found in my personal life that I actually have more than I ever did before. So she embraced the plan that God had written for her life. She surrendered herself completely to him. Listen, God's noticed you. God has taken notice of you. He has a plan for your life, just like he had a plan for Mary. And when life takes turns and it looks like it's heading for disaster, it might be a good time to remember the, the scripture that I reminded us of last week, Jeremiah 29, 11. Read it with me. Go ahead. 
That's not working very well, is it? What did you say? No. (laughs) For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. I like the NIV translation. Same thing. God has good plans for your life. I think we should just, for just a moment, just praise the Lord right now. Thank you, God, that you have a good plan for our life. If we go back to our text in Mary's song, verse 49, it says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. We've been singing his name all morning long. Holy is the Lamb of God. Righteous is his name, everlasting to everlasting. It shall not tarry. It shall not faint. It shall not fade. His name will stand forever, family. Listen, when Mary turned her situation over to God, she began to sing a song. I, I, I believe this. God wants to, to put a song in your heart. Several years ago, I, I, I bought a guitar when we were pastoring our first church, and, and I just wanted to learn. I wanted to be like Mike. <laughs> I didn't even know Mike yet, but I, didn't, I just want to. I'm going to grow a beard and a hair, and I just want to be like him. <laughs> but here's what, here's what the Lord, here's what happened in this situation. I started playing along, bought a little software thing on my computer, started pulling together a few chords and some notes. I, I think I, I learned, uh, Mary had a little lamb. No, what did I learn? <laughs> Amazing Grace. There you go, Mary, Amazing Grace. Yeah, I learned that. And, and just one day I was in my living room all alone, just practicing a little bit. And the, the kids were gone. Just, well, Justice was just the only one born at that time. And Carrie was gone. And, and I just started strumming. And I don't really know what it sounded like if anybody else would have been in the room. But honestly... <laughs> Really, to me, it sounded like I was playing like Mike. And I began to sing this song that God put in my heart. Never been able to do it since. And a matter of fact, I don't play the guitar anymore. My son does that for me. But I really believe, not that God's going to do it that way. That was was an outward manifestation of what I believe God wants to do in the hearts of all of us. Give us a new song. Give us something beautiful that we can lean into. Listen, that was 19, no, 2000, what year was that? 2001 or two when that happened. And it's still so near and dear to my heart. It's like it was yesterday, that time that I had with the Lord. Listen, God wants to give you a new song. I believe that. So Mary turned her situation over to God. God gave her a song and a future filled with hope. And, and that hope came through the life of her son, Jesus, which is my last point, Mary's son. Now, if you're here and you're being baptized, this will be a good time to go ahead and make your way to change. There is one. I do know that there's one. Um, we'll be about five more minutes on the sermon here, or so so it gives you a few minutes to, to get changed. If anybody else wants to be baptized, please see Mr. Don right there. Follow him, or uh, we'd love to baptize you in water today. So the end of Mary's story, it centers on the birth of her son, Jesus Christ. We don't hear too much about Mary after this. She's there every once in a while throughout the text, but as far as the birth of our Savior, as far as the Christmas story is concerned, Luke 2 sums it up like this. Verse 6 and 7, it says, So it was 
that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Can you, can you imagine the scene? Do me a favor. Humor me for a minute. Close your eyes. I, I want to read a few thoughts that I, that I put together. Now, this is just me amplifying the word of God because we don't know. But, but this is how I kind of picture this. Close your eyes. Mary and Joseph are in a stable, and it stinks with the smell of urine, animal poop, and wet sheep. The ground is hard. There's cobwebs in the ceiling, and a mouse may be scurrying across the floor. Mary's head might be resting on Joseph's leg or shoulder as she looks into the face of her baby boy. And at that point in history, the person who best understands who God is and what he is doing in the world is a teenage girl in a smelly stable. There couldn't be a worse place for the birth of a child, let alone the king of kings. But it was in these humble circumstances that God entered the world. Who would have expected to find the Messiah entering the world on the floor of a stable through the womb of a teenager in the presence of a carpenter? Who would expect a Savior to enter into your world? But he has. You can open your eyes. Reminds me of another story that I read not too long ago. It kind of puts this into perspective. I'm closing with this. It says, Charlie was 10 years old. School was out for Christmas. And the family had chosen to spend the holidays in the country. And as mom drove down a twisty road, heavy snow began to fall and visibility got worse. She took a curve and the car started to slide and didn't stop until it was snow covered in a ditch. They were stuck and needed help. So they hiked a mile up the road and Charlie knocked on the door of a house and a woman invited them in, offered them tea and cookies and urged them to stay to help arrive. She'd never forgotten that day. She's retold the story thousands of times. And why wouldn't you? Because the two travelers that day none other than Queen Elizabeth and Prince Charles. Listen, it's not every day that royalty appears on your porch. But can I tell you that royalty has appeared at your front door today in the name of Jesus. He's walked our streets. Heaven's Prince of Peace has knocked on our door. He's knocking. The word of God says, Behold, I knock. And if anyone opens the door to me, they'll have me. Paraphrase. Would you open the door to him today? Listen, Jesus shows up in the most unexpected places. You may be sitting there right now. I'm not worthy. Guess what? You're right. You're not. That's the wonderful thing about Jesus is he comes into places that that are, seem unworthy. He was born in a stable. And now today he's knocking on the heart of your door, the door of your heart. There's no place that he won't go and there's no heart that he won't touch. 
So in closing, here's what the message of Mary's story is. You may find yourself in difficult situations at times, but if you'll surrender yourself to him and allow him to write your story, then Jesus will show up in miraculous ways in your life. Jesus will step into everyday ordinary places, into stormy places, into unpredictable places, and change your life forever just like he did Mary's. Do you believe it? every head bowed. Is that you? Do you need Jesus? Two weeks before we celebrate his birth. What a great day to say yes to him. If that's you and you say, you know, Pastor, I, I'll open my heart to him today. Would you raise your hand and say, oh, oh. thank you. Thank you. Hands flying up. Thank you. Praise God. So we're going to say this prayer together. It's as easy as this. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I am a sinner and not worthy of forgiveness. Yet today, I am forgiven of all of my sin. I am set free and will live for you forever. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.